Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic is in studio with us. It's our pleasure to have you in studio, not on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at JP Rutherford. Jared, what's up? And he brought us a turkey for Thanksgiving. I wish I did. I don't have anything. (laughs) What's your go-to side? Oh, all of them. Every (laughs) single one of them. True or false, Thanksgiving food is overrated. It is not overrated. This, okay. this guy over here, he hates sure. turkey. He hates Thanksgiving. He not, hates Halloween candy. I think all of it's fine. I, I don't have an. I'm not saying that any of it is like bad. It's Hold all on. Fine. Hold on. Beep beep beep. <laughs> pumpkin pie is trash. <laughs> like pumpkin pie, you can save that. Pumpkin I'll let you pie have all is of not it. trash. Trash. You're trash. You add the. What you might call it, the whipped cream on the top to take away from the fact that the flavor is not good. Or mayonnaise on top, Alex. Yeah. Uh-huh. Depending on what you prefer. Uh-huh. All right, let's get that's not uh-huh. what people are here for, though, to hear with us talking to Jeremy Rutherford. JR, have you ever seen a season like this? <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I have not. And anybody who talks about, you know, they had a feeling this team would put it together. I realized Joey Vitale was one who came out and said that, uh, you know, I feel like this team could win four, five, six in a row. Hey, Joey knows his hockey, good stuff, but, you know, not everybody's. Did BK? No, he Come sat on. there and said, he's raising his hand. He said that he <laughs> said the season was going to turn around in Vegas. They were going to lose against San Jose, and the season was going to turn around in and Vegas. I said yeah. Where did the season turn around? winning streak yeah. after that. I said they would beat Vegas, they would beat Colorado, and then you saw what the upcoming schedule looked like, Washington, and then two against Anaheim. Okay. I said they would win all of those games. So put my name in there with Joe. Okay, take a bow, but 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 you said they were going to lose to San Jose, right? Because you said I it did, was going to yeah. get started against yeah, Vegas. So. But I wasn't I was impressed. I was out there at the T-Mobile, and uh, when they won that game against Vegas, like, dang, BK. Yeah, see? No, he, he, he gave he texted me my that, and he's credit. like, BK's an idiot. And I yeah. said, yeah, I he's right. Not. But you know what? The one thing I will say about that real quickly is, uh, oh, my goodness. So, you know, they, they lose five in a row. Doug Armstrong comes out and talks. They lose three more. At that point, we're writing trade options. You know, what's going on with Berube, right? I've had so many people, you know, tweet, text, whatever, in the last, you know, five, six days, and it's all, uh, you had this team being traded, broken oh, up. Uh, okay, I'm glad you could see into the future and yeah. see this seven-game Because nobody streak. else was going to be doing this, even when the GM brought up <laughs> yeah, the, the reword. The president of hockey operations said we might have to go into a rebuild. Like, Yeah, the, the, what do you think the reaction is going to be to it him saying that? has not used that word in 12 years. You're right. Yeah. Now, follow-up to that, Jr. Why is Craig Bruby trying to ruin a good thing by breaking up the best line on the ice and Ryan O'Reilly, Josh Levo, and Brandon Saad? Yeah, you must have a na- good name for that line. It's or the something. X Factor oh, line. We why? came up with it yesterday. Yeah. I knew there had to be a name for it. It's a good it. nickname for it that we all came up with. We. But me, you're right. Sorry, buddy. Uh, seven and O, Jr. Seven and O. When Josh Levo plays north of ten minutes with O'Reilly and Sod. Why are they trying to ruin a winning streak? I asked Craig Burby about that just about forty-five minutes ago, putting Tarasenko on that line with Ryan O'Reilly, and he said, uh, "I thought that uh, Thomas, Kairou, and Buchnevich line looked pretty good, and we're just going to have to move some guys around and see what works." So I do get it. Levo has had a lot of success with Ryan O'Reilly, but we're we're also at Ryan O'Reilly's stall and said, "What do you think about that?" And he goes, "I'm not turning down Tarasenko." <laughs> he actually, he paused and he goes, it'd be something if I did, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I think the thing that I, 
Like, I don't have a problem with it necessarily. And typically when you question what Craig Burby does with the Lions, yeah. it results in he that line going in out face. there and completely dominating in the next game. But when I look at it, like, it it felt like the Barbashev shin line was just the obvious place to put Tarasenko if they decided, hey, we kind of like what we're seeing here with Thomas and Cairo. And I, I think we all liked what we saw from that line because you did have that chemistry that had developed between O'Reilly and Levo. So you go with Saad, O'Reilly, Levo. Barbie, Shin, Tarasenko, and then you drop Achari back down to that fourth line. Is this a matter of Achari just playing so well that they didn't want him to drop to the fourth line? You know, I did see your tweet during uh, practice, and I looked at those lines, and I thought, hmm, there's something, too. That could that could work if you want to keep Levo up there. Uh, but I think a couple things. One is, yes, Achari is playing so well, and I think he needs to play up. And, and look at what he's done with uh, Shin and Barbashev. Yeah, like, you didn't want to break up Shin and Cairo, but you had to, kind of. So now you put Achari up there, and he's played great. Like, that line looks really good with Achari up there, and I think you're getting enough from those guys on that fourth line with Toropchenko, Alexandrov, and if it's going to be Pitlick or Levo on that line. The other thing is I'd have to look at the numbers. Uh, people don't like the dirty word analytics, BK, but... Uh, Stat boy does. I don't think over the years Shannon Tarasenko have had that much success. So I think whether it's Kairou or it's Achari can work with Shen, but I'm not sure Tarasenko does. So we were talking about this a little off-air, JR, about the next four weeks, three weeks essentially, like all the way up till the end of December. I mean, you've got... You've got competitive games starting with the Buffalo Sabres all the way until like that last week of December when you play against Chicago again. Is this going to be is this going to be the stretch where Doug Armstrong's able to really identify if this team has what it takes to make a Stanley Cup push once again or is kind of in that category that they were with Paul Stastny where they said, "Man, we're good, but we're that not not that good." Yeah, probably so. It's a good point. I think maybe I don't want to say a little bit early, but maybe a little bit early. Uh, I just can't believe that we're sitting here saying if the season ended today. The Blues would be in the playoffs. 18 games into the season. <laughs> it's just crazy to to think that uh, where they've come in the last two weeks. So, yeah, no, I agree. They have had a, a good stretch here when you talk about BK's win over Vegas, right? The win right. over Colorado. Yeah, just in you're a pumping his head. And look how big it is finish. already. <laughs> but I, I think they've beaten some quality teams here. So I think Doug Armstrong probably has been impressed with what they've done. But you're right. you got some some really good teams here and that can kind of kind of set the barometer, I think, for Doug Armstrong to let him know, hey, what am I going to be dealing with here? So when you look at the way that things have turned around, JR, we identified in our open today kind of two things that immediately stand out. And there's a million of them that you could you could point to. That's how you go from being one of the worst teams in the NHL over a stretch to being one of the best, of course. But you look at the play, players that were in the top nine during that losing streak. You had Jake Neighbors, who had zero points and a minus 10 over that eight-game stretch. You had Logan Brown, who had zero points and was a minus two. So combined, no points, minus 12. You replace them in the top nine with Achari, six points in the last seven games, plus seven in that stretch. Levo, four points in that stretch with a plus two. So now you got 10 points and a plus nine out of those two spots in your lineup. That's a big part of it. It's also Jordan Bennington who has just been playing at an other level, another level compared to what we've seen from him, really, I mean, in the regular season, maybe since 2019. What has changed in your mind with what we've seen from Jordan Bennington? It's been most of the year at this point, but what, what looks different to you? Yeah, I think I think it has been most of the year, if not all the year, honestly. I, I just think he looks so smooth. I talked to Darren Pang about that for a story the other day, and you know he just said it's completely noticeable. I mean, a year ago this time we were talking about the sliding around in the crease, not in control. 
give up one goal, here comes two more. And it wasn't just on him. There were a couple nights where it was the defense also. Uh, but I just think he looks so in control. And you know, we could sit here and analyze what are the reasons for it. Obviously, he hit the reset button in the offseason. He did his training. He rehabbed from the knee injury. Uh, and also, I've said this before, that I think it has a lot to do with the fact that Billy Huso's not around. It doesn't you know, give him entitlement to the position. But listen, last year, Billy Huso played a couple of good games and they ran with him. As good as Grace has been, that's not going to be the case. You know, uh, Craig Bruby has said a couple times this season already that he is our guy. He is our guy. Like there were a couple opportunities in this last stretch of games where you thought that the game might go to Grice, and they kept going with Bennington. Even look, last night's a, mm-hmm. a situation. Last place team in the league. You just played him a couple nights ago. Maybe go with Grice. He sticks with Bennington, and they need him. Look how, how well he played, and it's a 2-1 game there at the end before the empty netter. So I think uh, Bennington has been phenomenal. I think if there's anybody at this point. Now, if this changes in two weeks and you want to send me a <laughs> message in two weeks, that's I'll not quote fair. tweet well, this audio yeah. bite. Predict JR. the future, JR. <laughs> but at this point, I don't hear anybody talking about how crazy the contract is anymore, which is <laughs> all we heard last year. So uh, speaking of that tweet from Craig Bruby, I, I, I saw you put He's that tweeting? out. No, well, oh. your tweet on Craig Bruby. That'd be great if he's tweeting. He's probably got a burner account somewhere. Him saying that Bennington's the guy, I- I've thought that too, and I've talked to BK and Grant about that. Like, It wouldn't surprise me by the end of the season if Bennington has played in 60-65 games just because this might be the year where they say, like, you're our guy, we're going to let you run with it. Yeah, he could. It-, it sounds like a high number. Maybe he could get close to that. But I think you know we're looking at a Thomas Grice who's looked pretty good especially lately the other night, looked really good. And, and I don't blame him, uh, those couple losses that he had. Uh, there was a lot of bad play in front of him. But the one thing with Jordan Bennington and playing so much, uh, Alex, I think is the fact that they put themselves in that hole. Like, let's say they got a few points in Agreed. that eight-game losing streak. If, if they were sitting pretty in the standings, I think that maybe they did give Jordan Bennington a day off here or there, but they can't. They can't afford to. Uh, and again, no disrespect to Grice, but I just think it's a situation where they know what they're going to get in Jordan Bennington, and they got to play him. And, and you saw why last night. We're talking to Jeremy Rutherford in studio for another few minutes here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Jer, I, I was thinking about this last night as I was watching Pavel Buchnevich, who's just like the guy is unbelievable, and it's all around, right? You can play him in any situation. He's one of the best penalty killers in the league. If you, I, I was looking this up earlier, um, if you look at the points over the last three seasons, he's in the top 50 in the NHL. You look at what he's done shorthanded. He's top five in the NHL among forwards and shorthanded goals over the last three years. He's got five of them. Is Pavel Buchnevich one of the best all-around forwards in the league at this point? Like, I forget talking about him relative to the Blues. Is You see a lot of the league because you travel around with this team. Do you? Is he one of the best forwards in the league now? Yeah, he does a lot. And that's why when they made the trade, I talked to uh, the coach, Quinn, in, uh, in New York, and he said the Blues are getting a player right at the prime of his career because the, the things that you just mentioned, he didn't necessarily do all those things in those last couple years with the Rangers. He was just starting to kind of put it together, the PK, things like that. And so what I think he brings this blues is exactly what you're you're saying. Uh, and also we see that he brings a little bit of an edge to him. Maybe not as much this year, I think, as we saw last year. But look at last night. Noel Achari scores the empty netter, and uh, there's a little rough and tumble stuff. And, and who's there but Buchnevich? So I think he is bringing this team. And he was in a little bit of a funk, but he's bringing this team exactly what he brought him last year, the 30 goals, number two star this week uh, in the NHL for his play. In the recent stretch, he's really coming alive at a good time right when they needed him. I'm glad he didn't headbutt that guy last night. <laughs> I don't two need, games. Two I don't games. need a two-game suspension for Pavel Buchnevich. JR, final one for me, and uh, 
guess you're going to be surprised that we're back to this. Jacob Chikrin. Uh-oh. Brought it up with Craig Button a little bit ago, and uh, I we asked him, you know, the... What does he think the the area that they're going to need to improve on by the end of the season will be? And he said defense, like, right away. I, I mean, does that even make sense for this team anymore? Now that you've got Letty and Krug and uh, you're going to have Scandella back, it seems, by the before the end of the season. Yeah, so it does make sense from the perspective of if you're looking at this Blues team, where do they probably still need help? It's probably on defense. Um, but you look at the situation, and, and I'm trying to see how it makes sense for the Blues, but also makes sense for Arizona because you know they want prospects and picks, like Craig Button said, and like everybody around the league knows. Like they're working for the future. That ain't no problem. Yeah, do, but do they? You can <laughs> of give them BK's that. BK's got but, those. You can give them that, but can you give them a barbershop whose contract expires? And 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 what if he doesn't want to resign there? Like he's a winning player. He wants to be part of a winning situation and, and probably not Arizona. So if they can't resign him long term, then why are you taking the guy's salary for the last half of the year? That means nothing to you. Yeah, so, BK. So I think they want prospects That's and fair. picks. Also, here's another point I'll throw out there. You guys can help me think it out. Is I think that Doug Armstrong knows the asking price. And sure, maybe it changes from every six month window to six month window with him. But you kind of said, okay, that price is too high. We're not going to pay that. We have to sign Nick Letty. To me, when you sign Nick Letty, it kind of shows a little bit that you're out of that. Now, that doesn't mean you can't bring him in as well, but where's the money coming from? If you can't trade them Barbashev, where else are you moving it? Mikola. But they like Mikola. He's going to be a UFA, and I think you re-sign him. Like, he's not going to cost you 4 or $5 million, but he's going to cost you more than what he's getting And you right can't now. move Tory Krug out, one, because he's obviously part of the power play, and two, you tried in the offseason the and reports were. No trade he's got a no trade. He's definitely not going to Arizona. Right, and I'll, I'll make uh, I'll make one more point with Chikrin is uh, he's got a great deal, right? It's a team-friendly deal. What is it, like 4-6? Four, 4-6. Four, six. Four, six. He's got two more years left on that deal. So if you're going to make this trade, let's say you're going to trade two first-round picks and a, and a Zach Bolduke, and you're going to get Jacob Chickren, and he's coming for two more years. We'll be ready to pay him in two more years. And, oh, oh by the way, keep in mind that you have Letty, Pareko, Falk, Krug still under contract, and now you're going to bump Chickren up to, what, six, seven, potentially eight million if he plays like that, that type of player. I just think that uh, that's a lot for, to give for up. for three four years down the road. Yeah, Jared. you can kick the can. <laughs> yeah, you can kick the can. We only discuss it on BK and Ferrario, the, the present year. We don't look three four years from now. And, and to be fair, like my guess, and this is just like going through this scenario of if they made this deal, then what, right? My guess cap-wise what they would do is they would have to remove, they would have to put either Barbie or Mikola into the deal. And that would just be salary cap purposes, right? And then next year, you probably have to trade one of those left-handed defensemen. Like, whether it be Letty or Krug, my my guess is they would have to find a way to move one of those guys. Now, we can discuss the merits of that decision and whether or not it, if they could move one of those two deals or if they should move one of those two deals. But that's probably what it would require from a cap manipulation it, it could, standpoint. Yeah, it looks like a lot of moving and shaking and what-ifs to me, which I know this is what we do. Uh, but for a situation to bring Jacob Chikrin in, when I think when they signed Nick Letty and gave him the four years, four million, they said this is the direction we're going to go. I don't think they're going to pay a guy four million to play in the third pair. Where do you feel like they're they're light, looking at them eighteen games into the season? Well, I do think that's the one area. Defense? And even 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 in this winning stretch, we've seen a lot of turnovers in the back end, and so that unit and its forwards included, you know, struggled to get the puck out. Uh, but most importantly. Just cleaning up that crease area. But I'll go back and say this. You know, Doug Armstrong knew that when he signed those guys, and he believes that this is the type of roster that he wants to construct. He's not looking for slow big guys who can clear out the crease. These guys, I'm sure in his mind, just need to get the puck 
the heck out. <laughs> you know, like so I think that's the situation that he's looking for for the team to move the puck as opposed to go bring in one of those types of guys. Alex has some stats on that defense that he's going to get to coming up here in about 15 oh, minutes stay tuned, or so. JR. JR, we appreciate you hopping in studio with us today. Enjoy yourself on Thanksgiving. Enjoy all of the overrated food. Can't wait to hear all about it next week. Sounds good. You guys too. Thanks. That's Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter at JP Rutherford. That is where you will find all of his fantastic work.